Oh boy. Oh lordy, lordy, lordy. Baby gonna be born today and have no birthday next year. A baby gonna be born today, February 29th, and have no birthday next year. Folks, shed a tear. There's a woman giving birth in a hospital right now. She's in labor. She's going to give birth to a beautiful baby boy. That boy don't have a birthday next year. Oh, man, our calendar's a little weird, isn't it? It's a leap year. February 29th, we got a leap year situation happening. You're going to stay zero years old until you're four. That's simple math. That's simple math. Are you feeling weird? Am I feeling weird? Of course I'm feeling weird. I got all the quills colliding at once from NyQuil to DayQuil to a little porcupine quill. I was wrestling out back. A little porcupine showed up. I said, hello, sir. He said, hello, don't mind me. I said, I will mind you. Get out my wife's garden. And he kept coming after me. So I got a porcupine quill right in my chest along with the NyQuil and the DayQuil. And I've lost my voice, which is not a great time to record a podcast but it's been too long i've missed it i've missed you we need to reconnect i've whined enough too there's no more whining about being sick i've been sick four times in february four different times i thought i was getting better and then lapsed back into a cesspool of germs and i email my doctor i say what are you gonna do and she goes nothing we're always going to do nothing about your common cold stop emailing kaiser can we schedule an appointment do some blood tests do some urine tests no sir please just stop emailing us we cannot cure your common cold can i at least whine to my wife all day all night she loves it no she doesn't she's heard enough oh she's heard enough and i believe that with enough lozenges and enough echinacea honey and lemon tea i'm gonna be just fine for the duration of episode 231 and if i'm not if this just sounds like i'm not fine that's okay too you know there's no pressure This isn't like a Saturday Night Live monologue. Think about that pressure. I was watching Shane Gillis. I was like, oh my gosh, you have five minutes to show the world. I still act like SNL's a big deal. Is it? I kind of think so. But if nobody knows you and you have that monologue, like I'm a fan of stand-up. I know Shane Gillis, but his monologue, you just felt him slowly dying up there. And even at the end of his monologue, he kind of did the hand motion for, I see, I see. That was, that was okay. Uh, that was fine. I was like, damn, that's a lot of pressure. A monologue, six, seven minutes to let the world know you're talented, you're charismatic, you're funny, you're worth the role of host for SNL. But there's no pressure with episode 231. Why would there be pressure for this? We've done it before. Although I do feel a little jolt of adrenaline run through me every time we record. I don't know why. I don't get it. Is it stage fright? Is he ready to go? The mic's rolling. You press the red button. Go ahead. Say something already. All right, I'm going to try. All right, with the lozenges being gargled as we go, I'm going to try to say, it's a beautiful life. (laughs) Ace of bass, anyone? Ace of bass? No? Is that reference falling flat? Folks, despite everything, and I mean everything, from the front page to the back page, can we all just admit it's a beautiful life? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, it's a beautiful life. Oh, 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 it's a beautiful life. Oh, 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 I just want to be here beside you. Oh, yeah, I just want to be here beside you. 
I don't think anybody captures American culture quite like Ace of Base. They saw the sign, opened up their eyes. They saw the sign. What's another Ace of Base song? Have I covered all of them? I saw the sign. Opened up that mind. All that she wants is a little eat up. I don't know. Anyways, Earth is small. It's tiny, right? It's a little bitty, little bitty speck. A little bit of molten ash flying around. That's what they tell us in the great expansive cosmic universe. But why doesn't it feel small? All right, I'm pensive lately. All right, I stay up at night and I think about big things and little things, and that's why I don't sleep well. But why doesn't it feel small if we all intellectually know it's very small? Why do things feel big? I'm asking you, let's start deep and then we'll lighten up as we go today. There's probably a guy that works at Baskin Robbins. I don't know. Walgreens. Picture a guy behind a counter. Picture a cashier at Big Five Sporting Goods right now. And he's going to be dumped later tonight by his girlfriend. He's going to be dumped hard. He loves her. And it's going to destroy him. His whole world. It'll just crumble. But one fact that we all know is it doesn't matter at all. Right? Big picture. Big picture, the Baskin Robbins employee who's scooping ice cream all day is about to get dumped tonight. Doesn't matter. But to him, oh my God, it does. He does not have the ability to zoom out. None of us have the ability to zoom out and realize how small our little issues are on this small little planet in this giant, endless universe. We're all a bunch of little beings running around on a tiny planet acting like everything matters so much. That's so weird. Isn't that weird? Maybe that's the beauty of our wiring. Maybe I just solved it. That's the beauty of our whole existence is that a bunch of this stuff is going to feel like it matters every day. Our moods are going to fluctuate because things are going to feel like they matter. And we're always going to chase serenity. We always want to chase joy, happiness, and all those things. And then every day might have a little stress and that'll matter. Every day might have some sadness, some anger, and that'll matter. It all feels like it matters. And every day might even feel purposeful. Because we are wired to feel like it all matters. We win. I think that's a win. Because the exact opposite would be complete and utter apathetic depression. None of this matters. I don't care for any of this. Who cares about moods? Who cares about relationships? Who cares about experiences? Who cares about our careers? None of that applies. If you're listening right now, you care about a bunch of stuff. You care about a lot of people. You do. If you're listening right now, you care about some people. And you care probably deeply about some of the experiences that have shaped you and some of the experiences you still want to have. And all that matters so much. So to the employee of Baskin-Robbins who's getting dumped tonight, I like that it matters. Even though it really doesn't because we're all dying and this earth will soon just completely implode and none of it will matter. You know, none of it. All this Wikipedia, all of us recording podcasts and all of us chiseling our thoughts into the world of arts and journalism and historians who are documenting everything. None of it will matter. That is the most morbidly depressing or inspiring beginning to any podcast you've ever listened to. Ace of Bass, tell them again. It's a beautiful earth. Oh, you damn right, Ace of Bass. Oh, they know how to package the point and bring it home. I'm wearing anti-wrinkle oils. Folks, I'm doing it. I go to a little aromatherapy shop owned by my friend Julian, a nice German family. Julian, great athlete growing up. He's now there to say, welcome to the smellatorium. What do you need? They have everything. 
from lavender to frankincense to myrrh to cinnamon to rose oil. What oil you need? Eucalyptus? We got it. You want some germ-fighting thieves oil? We got it. You want to feel uppers, downers, all-arounders? We got it. Essential oils, I buy into this. I buy into the potions, the elixirs to make us feel good. And they have one. They have blends, too. An anti-wrinkle oil. It smells so good. It's full of sage and porcupine musk and tulip and moss and formaldehyde it's just wonderful i smell so good at least i think i do maybe i don't i don't want to have wrinkles is that why i wear it i don't want to have a wrinkled face why can't i have a pruny wrinkly face wasn't that a dick tracy character prune face or something but why can't i i mean i see it's coming so i try to fight it with julian's family's anti-wrinkle oils but even they were telling me, I was at the aromatherapy smellatorium and they're like, look, you're going to age, pal. I mean, we're trying to peddle this stuff. We're trying to sell it to you and it's pure and it's great and it smells so good. But you're going to wrinkle, you old bastard. And I said, I'll take it. Swipe the credit card. I like that. I like that. You're up front with me. We got a deal. I also don't want to be chunky. I want to be chiseled. Why? Why can't I just be a little doughy, wrinkly faced groggy son of a bitch why what are these beauty standards where do they come from they're not based in health they're not based in health it's not that unhealthy to be wrinkly it's not that unhealthy to be 10 pounds overweight i don't think they're based in ancient vanity right who deems what looks good i still don't know why do my eyes look at someone and go they're great looking is it because they're not wrinkly and chunky and if someone's all wrinkly and chunky do they look bad to my eyes? I don't know. I didn't control what looks good, what looks bad. Is it innate? Is it just in my wiring? What is our wiring? Watching what I eat so I could have a nice body. And I do want to have a nice body. I don't know why, but I do. I want great abs. I want to take off my shirt and prance around the beach. And people will go, who is that? There's no way he's 42. He looks 41. I don't want to watch what I eat every day. It's not fun. Watching what I eat, it sucks. Why am I always craving food that's not great for me? Burritos, pizza, it's not good. You're not supposed to eat all those burritos and pizza. I should not eat that shit. We crave high caloric foods and sometimes we cheat. My wife and I, sometimes like Super Bowl Sunday, we went through the Trader Joe's snack aisle and frozen food oil, oil aisle, you idiot, and we got busy. We got sliders, we got wings, we got spinach artichoke dip, we got hot dogs with sauerkraut. I'm talking about all the stuff you're not supposed to eat. We got all sorts of salsas to dip our chips into and we didn't stop. My wife and I didn't stop. She even made cinnamon rolls for the girls. Had a great time with that one accent is it minnesota chicago i don't know but we stuffed our fucking faces for four quarters of professional tackle football as the niners lost and was it therapy eating oh did you need some therapy eating comfort food to go down for the niners deplorable ending in overtime no not really we would have gladly eaten like that with the excuse of it's once in a while. But you know what happened the next day? I wanted more. I wanted more. I'll have all the Trader Joe's frozen food aisle. We want more cinnamon rolls and more sliders and sliders. We crave high caloric foods. Eating fat makes us want more fatty foods. It's addictive. It's contagious. And I asked my wife, why is this? Why do I now just want to plow through everything in our cupboard? Because one cheat day changed my brain chemistry 
And she simply said, my wife has read more books. I think I just read sports and comedy. She actually reads like real books with real information. And she was telling me it's about evolution, which helped our primate ancestors survive by seeking high caloric foods. And we call them comfort foods now in our brain circuits. They get a jolt of quick dopamine when we get the stuff that's not great for us, but we don't recognize it as not great for us while we're eating it. How do I know? Picture orange liquid nacho cheese, the Tostitos queso. Picture it right now. Aren't you smiling? Picture it. Tostitos queso, that drippity, droopity, liquidy nacho cheese. It makes me gleeful and giddy like a fool. And now picture four giant stalks of celery. That sounds depressing. Picture celery right now. Ugh. What? No thanks. You'd have to throw some peanut butter and raisins to make it ants on a log, or as my family did, cream cheese and black olives. That's also ants on a log. A little bit different, though. You got to do fun stuff with veggies. You got to, you know, throw them Parmesan and olive oil. Veggies suck. We all know that. Salad. You need to put bacon bits and Caesar dressing all over that bad boy to make it edible. Our brain wants to feel comfortable. Don't tell me eating healthy is fun. It's not. And then we could lapse so quickly. And why don't I just lapse a lot? Because I want a nice body. I don't understand that. And why does my brain crave more high caloric fatty comfort food when I sample a little bit? I also don't know why. There's so much I don't know about. But then I just ask you, you the listener, and I ask you to think about it. And at first you're probably like, well, Josh, of course it's because this. And then you go, well, actually, no, we don't know. Is, I, I think I'm drawn to the rhetorical. Well, maybe think about this question. How about this? Do you have an answer? No. Do you have an answer? No. All right. It's fun talking about it. And in the end, nothing was accomplished. That's the new name of the show. Nothing was accomplished with Josh Rosenberg. Episode 300 and... Nope. I'm not there yet. Episode 231. Been through the desert on a horse with no name. You know the band? Because I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. Name the band. Say it out loud. Say it out loud if you know the name of the band. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good to be out of the rain. In the desert, you can't remember your name. Because there ain't no one for to give you no pain. America. America's the name of the band. I didn't know that when I was a senior in high school. I was hanging out with a girl from Marin Catholic because that's what the Jews like to do. And I was hanging out with the girl from Marin. You don't have to sing it. Just tell the story. And she was saying, hey, let's go over to my friend's house tonight. And her friend was the daughter of the lead singer of America. And as I'm walking through this big, beautiful home, down the hall, I'm seeing like these platinum records framed on the wall. And I'm thinking, where am I? Where am I? Turns out I'm at Dewey Bunnell's house. You know Dewey Bunnell, the lead singer of America? I didn't even know the band. I didn't even know that song, actually. I was only listening to shitty hip-hop in high school. But now, now I actually like that song. And now I hear my daughter listening to the Trolls soundtrack, and she's listening to a song on the Trolls soundtrack, and it hits me. I know that song, but where do I know that song from? So I got to hit you with a little Trolls soundtrack. And this is one of the most beautiful songs with a beautiful message. And it was also a chance for me to say to my daughter, Hey, I know that song that you love. And the guy that wrote it, the guy that performed it originally, 
I've been to his house, and you've never seen such a disinterested look from a six-year-old when you try to tell your old stories of America. This is for all the lonely people Thinking that life has passed us by Okay, 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 okay. So that's the Trolls soundtrack. And it's good. It's fine. For a six-year-old, she's loving it. She's loving all those Justin Timberlake songs and that. And I said, what is that song? What is that song? Oh, yeah, that's America. But think about the message of the song, the real song, the original, the Dewey Banal shit. See, that was for all the lonely people. Beautiful song. If you're lonely, I think that's a good song. If you're not lonely, I think it makes you feel bad for lonely people. And then lonely people are like, don't feel bad for me. I feel bad for ye. And we're like, sorry for even feeling bad for you, lonely people. They're like, don't feel bad for me. I chose to be this way. And don't even label it lonely. I just like my alone time. And then us people who never have alone time, we go, yeah, that actually does sound pretty good. And then maybe the lonely people listen to America. And then they go, okay, sometimes I wish maybe I had someone. But what if that someone's annoying? What percentage of marriages are working out in this country? It's not that high. It's not that high. So you could also be lonely if you're in a shitty marriage. Okay, folks? And that's how we hit the e-break on this podcast. We bring up sad stuff like that. Can I ask you a question? Here, I'll give you a chance to take a sip of your Metamucil that you haven't even touched all day. Come on, get regulated. Let me give you a moment to have a sip of your orange husk, psyllium husk Metamucil. And then I want to ask you a serious question. Why are we doing this still? What are we doing? Here, put, put the Metamucil down for a moment. What are we still doing with this whole President of the United States Nonsense. Is this going to be a political rant? Yeah, it's going to be a political rant. But I'm starting to see it. You're starting to see it, right? The ads, campaign season. We got debates coming. We're still making Biden campaign. Biden still needs to raise money. Let him rest. Let the guy rest. He's very old. Let him just take a nap. Does he really need to get on a flight? I was reading he's coming to the Bay Area to try to raise some money. None of that needs to happen. Trump? Trump still has to have rallies? Let's just end it. He doesn't have to have his rallies. We don't have to campaign. You don't have to raise another dollar bill from these super PACs and these wealthy moguls, these donors who just stuff your pockets. We could stop right now. I think it'll help us. I think it'll help not only our country, but our planet. We could still have an executive branch. So here's a solution-based rant. We could still have branches. We could still have democracy. Let's have an executive branch still vote for a Democratic executive branch or a Republican executive branch and just know there are a bunch of people collaborating and we never get to know their names. 
We never know their names. We just know it's a branch full of, let's say, people who are educated, maybe doctors and lawyers and scientists. That's the branch. You're either the Democratic branch or the Republican branch. We just vote for a branch. But when we start voting for a human, a single human at a podium, those robots who recite their views on immigration and gun control and abortion and overseas policy. And it's just the same old childish nonsense. When I say childish nonsense, what do we care? What what do we care that these people have memorized a speech to further divide us? It's mean-spirited smear campaigns. It's mean-spirited debates. Here's why you're wrong and you're a jerk. Me? No, here's why you're wrong and you're a jerk. You're being mean. This is childish bullshit. We have these adults in suits. These old white guys have to debate again. They have to go city to city with the vote for me. We've done this before. I say we end it and it's okay. I bet you there's more people who share this opinion. Instead of cheering on our favorite celeb, our favorite old white guy, maybe... We just stop now. I mean, some people like the entertainment. I bet it's good. It's good clickbait for these websites trying to get your eyeballs. And it's probably good for ratings on TV to have a single president. And we hype up their state of the union and we hype up their inaugurations and their speeches and their decisions. We hype it up. So I understand it's good for media money. It's kind of entertaining at times, but it's so sad to see this broken game just continue and play out in front of us. I don't think we need to hear it anymore. We need to hear Trump's opinion on IVF, on in vitro fertilization, knowing that that's going to now influence a bunch of people in his camp. Eh? Do we need to hear Biden, one single human, give his views on Israel? I mean, we need our country to still produce beliefs. I understand that. But let's just stop with this whole human president at the podium bullshit. It went from too interesting to not interesting come on is the rant over already i think it is i still think we could have a supreme court no one asked should i go through the branches you know what i did here though our one represent we're all represented in this country our representative if you live here where i live up in san rafael his name is jared huffman he's the only congress member to come out and say, I, I don't believe in God. I'm a bit of an atheist. Every other member of Congress shares their belief in God and their faith in a higher power. And I'm here in this godless district being led by Huffman. It's kind of brave. I think when he came out with the announcement, he thought it was going to be a really courageous moment. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to share my views. I'm an atheist. And everyone's like, all right, okay. We'll go on with our uh, our lives, but thank you for sharing that. thought it was a bold thing to say. I think it's almost an obvious thing to say. I mean, maybe it's bold. Could you imagine if we had a president who's like, yeah, I don't care. When we're done, we're done. There's no Jesus. There's no Allah. There's no Moses, Abraham. None of it. I'm just, uh, I'm an atheist. Are they going to start appealing to younger generations? Is, is that what's going to happen? Is that it'll be weird one day? like 500 years from now for someone to have a religion or are we just going to keep playing this? I actually don't know. I mean, how powerful could a book be? These biblical passages that guide people throughout their existence. That is a powerful book, right? And it's just kind of governing a lot of people on this little planet. So this is going to be called a full circle moment. 
on one of these podcasts, I said, I don't care about space exploration. It wouldn't change my life at all. And my wife, who listened to that episode, she came home and she's like, I actually disagree. And I said, let's do it. Let's have a good old-fashioned husband-wife debate. And then she slapped me across the face. And I said, I clutched my pearls. I said, no, slaps. No, that didn't happen. But she said, I think it would change a lot of things if we discovered life on another planet. Because perhaps it would disprove a lot of our current religion's belief system that they govern the story of creation and the story of why this is this way and how humans worship this. If we knew for a fact that there was life elsewhere who had never even heard of this idea of Judaism, Mormonism, Catholicism, Christianity, Islam, Muslim, it would just make our little stories look even smaller. If you're able to find that there's life elsewhere, elsewhere and they've never heard of us with our big feelings about our big religions and our big egos and our big government styles and she made the point better than me but i thought oh interesting like it could cause people to collapse upon their own beliefs if they knew for a fact that there were certainly other life forms elsewhere because we've never discovered it and if we do one day maybe that would be the result i should just bring her on the podcast why would i butcher whatever she was saying and try to reiterate it myself when i can't do that i can't convey her point but it's further proof that the earth is small but we feel like things matter you're god are you religious listening right now that's fine i mean maybe i am at times too maybe we all have a little bit of i hope there's a higher being hey supreme being hey take care of us because it's too scary to think about any alternative but the idea that we've created it in a human form and whoever wrote the words that are in those books testaments whoever wrote those words would guide millions upon millions upon millions of people for thousands of years. And we would all just be clamoring for this direction of tell us, tell us more morals and values and directions. Give us guidance. We're so lost and we need that. But if we found out that this is just our little thing and, you know, Jupiter's got its own thing. It'd be nice to know. It'd be nice to know that whatever's happening here is just our own little thing. And albeit significant in the moment, maybe truly and factually insignificant in the end. Folks, I can't tell if I just made an amazing point or not. I haven't slept well in so long and I wasn't kidding about the quills. Okay, I was kidding about the porcupine quills, but I wasn't kidding about the day quill, night quill, night quill, day quill. That'll fuck up your brain chemistry. That's what's happened. I have lozenge after lozenge. Can you OD on lozenge? Someone Google it for me. Someone Google it for me. Can you overdose on lozenges? Because I'm getting through the school day by speaking to these kids with probably, I'm not exaggerating, 11 to 14 lozenges per day, making cups of tea, making cups of tea, microwaving tea after tea after tea after tea, drinking coffee and water and coffee and water, and then using the bathroom after every class and be like, what's wrong with that guy? Why does he talk that way? He's got the immune system of a gecko. Oh, really? (laughs) You know, sir, I can't listen to this podcast anymore. It's one thing to attack religion and our president, but when you start attacking the geckos of our world, I've had enough. I got the immune system of a dumb fucking gecko. Now go find another podcast. I'll be attacking geckos all over the place. Geico? No, gecko. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's say goodbye. Was there anything else to talk about? I feel like there was. Shirley Temples was the only bullet point I wrote down. Shirley Temples. All right, I guess I'll get into this. My family, I'll I'll just get into this and then I'll say goodbye. My family went on vacation. We went to the Seascape Resort in Aptos, which is right outside of Santa Cruz. And it's beautiful. It's family friendly. It was empty just the way we like it in February. God, are we social? It was empty just the way we like it. It's got... (coughs) 
great time to cough right during this story. It's got a golf cart down a path to the sand. I was swimming in the ocean with my six-year-old. Oh, we were building sand castles under the sun. And then we would play in the pool with the floaties and the jacuzzi and the restaurant, get a gin on the rocks, cross the street, go over to the Mexican restaurant. We went. I was eating like crazy, actually. This was the old, hey, I'm going to have a grilled ham and cheese panini and dip it in the clam chowder type of eating. It was so good, folks. It was so good and so fun. And there was one other family at the whole resort. This is like a 300 hotel room resort. And there was one other family. And they were at the one restaurant at the same time as we were at the restaurant. And I said to the waiter, can we get a couple? You know, we're celebrating. We're a family on vacation. We get a couple of Shirley Temple. Let's go two maraschino cherries for the girls. And the guy comes back and he brings it to the other family. And at this moment, I'm fine. I'm fine. But my girls are craving their Shirley Temples. They're so pumped. I mean, picture you as an adult pumped for your cocktail when you go on vacation and you see it brought to another table and guess what the kids drank the Shirley Temples and their parents didn't say anything now of course I'm not confrontational I'm not going to get up and go like hey, those are our Shirley Temples we ordered the cherries but the kids just drank the Shirley Temples as if they were on the house and the parents said nothing about it and then of course when our waiter came back I said you brought them to the wrong table oh sorry about that we'll get we'll get those right out and they didn't they probably came out seven minutes later and so I had to swallow that and my wife looked at my eyes she looked right into my furious eyes and she said just calm down we're on vacation I was like no but they got the Shirley Temples wrong but what's up with the kids who drank the Shirley Temples makes you wonder as an adult if someone like if a waiter just dropped off a couple flutes of Prosecco or I don't know, a couple of Mai Tais, do you just start slurping them? I think that's a good moral question to end on. If a waiter brought something to your table, or a food runner just brought something to your table, dropped it and left, do you say anything? Some people would be like, are you charging us for this? And some people would just say, no thanks, we didn't order that. And then there's some people who would just plow through it and consume it. Where are you on that spectrum? And if you know where you fall on that spectrum, then maybe that says a lot about you and your approach to life says a lot about humanity. Let's not try to get too deep with that one. Let's just say goodbye. Hey, I appreciate you listening to this podcast. I really do. Thank you. I love you. Let's hug. Let's hug. Come on. I smell good. I got that anti-wrinkle oil all over me. It's full of sage and lavender and frankincense and beagle sweat and gorilla hair and pony toenails pony toenails you sons of bitch all right episode 231 it's in the books i'll talk to you soon <laughs>